Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And on today's show, we are doing another little episode of the Humans of Dashdot. So Dashdot, if you don't know, is the business behind the podcast. So the Investor Lab podcast, we produce to give away loads of free, valuable uh, and enriching advice, guidance, thinking paradigms, strategies, all of that kind of stuff because we want to contribute and give back to the world. Um, the business that allows us to do that and allow, gives us the ability to, to do that is uh, is Dashdot. And so uh, for those of you who don't, don't know, Dashdot is a strategic investment uh, company and we help our clients to build scalable, profitable property portfolios. And we want to kind of, you know, we want to share with you some of the amazing humans that are in this business and making real change in people's lives and really doing doing work that matters for people who care, which is super, super important. So on today's show, we've got Lana Grayson. She is she is an acquisition manager at Dashdot. We dig into her background and her story, um, touching on you know how she developed the passion for property in the first place, how she was helping her mom, who was a bit of a flipper and all of this kind of stuff, and really great background there and kind of going through a journey, which you know, for Lana wasn't, you know, went in a kind of a few different areas. You know, she all went into the kind of off the plan and development side of the business. And now with Dash Dot, we kind of dig into some of the habits and rituals she has to stay on track and what her vision for success is as well. So there's some really cool stuff in there. Uh, I know you're going to love it. So without any further ado, let's get stuck right into it. But before we do, uh, make sure you like, rate, review, share, subscribe, give this to a family member or a loved one. And that's all for me. Let's get stuck right into it. And I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me today is another human of Dashdot, one of the many people inside this amazing organization that is delivering great results and great experiences to property investors all across Australia. Uh, today, joining me is Lana Grayson. Lana, how are you? Hi, Goose. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm fantastic, and I'm I, I enjoy every opportunity I get to hang out with you. So it's really nice to spend a little bit of time with you today. Um. So for those of the people who are listening who don't know who you are, it'd be really good just a quick little introduction. What's um, you know, tell us a little bit about who you are, tell us what you what what do you do at Dashdot, you know, what it you know, why are you here today? Yeah, for sure. So hi everyone. Um, my name is Lana. I am a property acquisition manager at Dashdot. So mm. essentially my job in a nutshell would be um, I I want to find the best possible property for our clients, and I want to make that as streamlined as possible. Yeah, awesome, awesome, good summary. So I'm interested to kind of go a little bit back now. I know that you you maybe don't want to go too far back, you know, but how did you get in? How did you get into property? Like, where, where did let's start? Where did you where did you grow up? Like, what's the backstory? Why why? How did you end up in this time yeah. and place right now? So I grew up in the suburbs of Melbourne. Um, mm -hmm. I currently live in Sydney now, but grew up in Melbourne. Um, had a had an awesome childhood actually, which was kind of fun. We, you know, we were one of the I was you know one of the pack of kids on the block sort of thing, and everyone you know used to ride their bikes around, which was awesome. Um, but in terms of in terms of property, I, I really got the interest from my mum, and I have a funny story about her because she's a bit funny but um yeah mum would always like you know drag me to open for inspections um you know she'd always be buying and flipping houses having a few investment properties herself so I sort of got got my initial interest from her um and it's actually quite funny the 
there's a rolling joke in my in my my family that um mum went for a walk one day and bought the family house that my parents currently live in. <laughs> and so it's a rolling awesome. it's a rolling joke at the in my family. Whenever mum takes dogs for a walk, we're like, Do you have your checkbook? Um, which I don't I don't know if anyone even has checkbooks anymore. But uh, yeah, that's a, that, that's actually that's actually really funny because the first property that Gabby and I bought, which was, you know, we always talk about it as the the wrong property, wrong place, wrong time, you know, yeah. the, you know, all of that kind of stuff. The, yeah. the honest and the the true story about how we ended up with that is it was a Sunday and we were sitting around sitting around bored and we were like, oh, you know what? Let's go for a little bike ride. Hey, this oh, we see there's like some, you know, like those um those display home up those display apartment yep. setups. So we're like, yep. oh, let's just go for a little bike ride. Let's just go have a look at a few of those. And then we went into one of them that we went into. The guy just got his hooks in, and then before we knew yeah. it, we bought the place. Like we You're just signing on the dotted line. Uh, t- totally, <laughs> we went out. We went out for a bike ride on a Sunday and ended up with yeah. a, ended up with an off the plan apartment. We were like, whoa, okay, well, that was. I so know. I can kind of I can kind of see how that had happened. So, <laughs> and so, those suites are always so comforting and inviting oh. and modern and and stunning. And because I used to work in that space, so yeah. I used to d- work with the team that would design. How do we make this the most inviting place possible that people want a coffee, have a chat, fine, buy an apartment. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You can see yourself there and you're like, oh, my God, isn't this going to be great? So, yeah. so, okay, so your mum was kind of like the main, was she kind of the main, did she have property Pretty fever? Much. Was she the mum? Yeah. yeah, she had total property fever. She, um, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it just sort of snowballed from there, just really being interesting in it, interested in it, um, would always spend time on like real estate and domain as a kid and see properties and I don't know if my, that's probably quite dorky to say that but <laughs> is it isn't um, that what you do now like isn't that you yeah. always tell me like hey Lana I'm like hey Lana what you do on the weekend you're like you know just spent cruised around on domain <laughs> looking at properties. just looked around have yeah just seeing what yeah it's um yeah I, I do that a lot actually but I think it definitely came from my mom and having uh, she was just always quite interested in property and flipping and investment properties. I remember one of the, um, she had a unit in Box Hill in Melbourne and she um, refused to pay a trade to renovate it. Mm. So on the weekends, we would go over there as kids and she'd give us jobs. So awesome. we'd, we'd be pulling up the nails on the floorboards ready for the sander to come in on the next day. And, you know, we'd get like a dollar a nail or something. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so, Nice. Yeah, did, did you did you learn a lot through that experience? Like, was she firstly was she successful at flipping? And did you you know what did you learn through that process? Because that that's a pretty cool experience to be able to actually sort of, although you were a, a kid and stuff, but to get hands yeah. on in that process and to actually be a participant in it, that's pretty cool. It yeah, definitely it definitely cemented an interest. That's for sure. But um, and it also sort of showed you the value. You know, watching mum. You know, she only did it once a few times, but um. You know, it was it was an interesting process, and I think it, you definitely learned, you know, the value of a dollar and the value that property can have in a journey. Um, so yeah, that was really interesting. I liked it. Very lucky yeah. to have that experience as well. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so so did that? I'm interested because I didn't have any of that kind of stuff in my in growing up. But did, it, at what point did you know that you wanted to have a career in property? Like, how did that? Did that? Did you always want to do this or? Yeah, I worked for, so from that, I um, during uni, uh, I worked for a real estate agency in Melbourne 
So, mm. and I really got um, really interested in property from that side. And that's more of the established market, which I then fell into the off the plan market. I'll go through that in a second. Um, but I also, I, I got an interest from that. And then I just think it was more of a hobby for me. Mm. It was like, oh, this is really fun. Because I just saw it as a side hobby, not so much a career. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it was, it was definitely something that cemented an interest. And then when I found that, you know, oh, I can put my hobby, my interest in, in, in property and actually practice that as a job. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. So at what point did that happen? Like, I'm because I'm specifically interested, did you go straight into property out of school or what was there? Um, was there a transition period? Did you like when 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 did the when did the switch flick and you went, oh wait, now I can actually <laughs> blend these, I can blend these two together. Was there a gap? What what happened there? Um so worked uh, used, had it as a hobby during uni. So um during uni did that and then sidetracked a little bit for a few years into more of a um, what I thought it was more of a creative space and then sort of steered back into property um, and then worked for a, um, a pro- property development and project marketing group for about five years before I came mm. to Dashdot. So um, that was that was a really amazing job to see because I had only known the established market from working in real estate and then going into the off the plan market was was really different the way of thinking of something you know you don't can't take a photo of a house and put it on a brochure and sell it you have to when you're selling off the plan you have to create the you have to create that product and you have to create that feeling of what that product resonates so it was a really interesting process to work with them for so many years and I learned so much throughout that mm. process what are some of the biggest lessons you learned through that process? Because um, obviously it's wildly different to what you're doing now with 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 Dashdot. Um, but I'm interested, like, what are the what are the some of the biggest lessons you learned during the five years of doing working in the kind of off the plan project marketing kind of space? Um, oh God, I learned so much. I think it 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 was a very corporate environment, so it was very. Um, you know, suit up, very corporate, uh, you know, we're dealing with a range of scale of developers. So, you know, we had um, into multiple um, international developers that would just fly in for a meeting, want an update and then leave. And then we'd have the local guys that, you know, had a smaller site or a smaller medium density site that were just lovely and all they want to do is have a coffee and have a chat. So I think learning how different people operate was really interesting because, you value, you know, it's not so much out, it's their time that you have to value and work towards what they want because it is a service-based industry essentially. So I think yeah. that was quite interesting. Um, but, yeah, no, I learnt, learnt heaps and I was really lucky. I got to work across such a scale of projects. So mm-hmm. um, the company I used to work for had about 50 projects in Melbourne, had about 20 projects in Queensland and now they've mm-hmm. just moved into Adelaide as well. So um, it was really good experience all around yeah and how, how does it compare to what you're doing now and i know that there's a there's a potential for you to give a kind of a colored answer because we obviously work together and stuff but i'm interested they're like they're kind of like they're polar opposite sides of the industry right yeah. and so yeah i'm interested what are there any comparisons? Like, are there any similarities or what's uh, some of the key differences or what are some of the um, benefits or drawbacks? Or, yeah, I'm interested to just kind of look at what the difference is from your perspective. Yeah, I, I mean, look, they're vastly different, d- 
different companies, different, um, essentially different ethos to, to both sides. But um, the main, like, uh, the main reason I did want to change, you know, make that change and make mm. that leap was I had learned everything I thought I had could learn out of that. And I think I wanted to take a different path and a more, because, and a more, um, I don't know, just a, just a different path that I can really see the results versus an off the plan investment journey. You, you, you have to wait years and years and years, traditionally negatively geared. Um, and I thought that was the way to go. I thought, you know, oh, okay, this is what you do. To have an investment property, you've got to put money in and you, you know, let it grow and you take about 50 bucks a week or $100 a week out of your wage. Um, but I think opening up to different methods of how to invest was really interesting. And I think um, you only know what you know mm. at that point in time. So I think that was um, – that was quite interesting, but the the ethos of what you know, what I've learned from Dashdot in applying my previous knowledge, ha, you know, everything has totally changed yeah, <laughs> in that yeah. instance. And seeing you know how to do it better is is a way to probably a way to answer your question. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what are some of the? Or maybe I'll rephrase it differently. What are some of the? What what are some of the new things or paradigm shifts that you've had since started working here, Dashdot? Ooh, yeah. I think it's just—it's a great. It's more of a positive environment. It's not as because that with that corporate environment, it was quite, uh, you know, you're at work at eight, leave when mm-hmm. you finished your work, all that sort of thing. Um, but I think it's a, a lot more relaxed, a lot more friendly. The environment, which is a lot more, uh, it's a lot more inviting. Yeah, cool. So uh, I'm interested then, like what. What major life event or what sort of sliding doors moment uh, has most shaped who you are today? Look, I don't, I don't, I can't pinpoint it to one particular event. I think mm-hmm. life is a series of different moments. And I mean, well, that's just my experience. I haven't had that, oh my God, penny dropped. Next day, I'm going to change my life. Um, but I think, you know, I think the experience you have in life, you create who you are and all those little things that you learn along the way, you know, whether they're a failure or a success or whatever they might be, shapes you to who you are and then how you approach a challenge or a bottleneck or, you know, mm-hmm. I think that you, there's not one, I can't pinpoint it to one particular moment. Mm. Fair enough. And if maybe then if you could wind the clock back 10 years, right, and go, or if you could actually travel back in time 10 years and go and speak to your younger self 10 years ago, yeah. what, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, gosh, to buy heaps and heaps of property. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, yes, just to um, not go to Europe and spend a crazy amount of money and just come uh, back with nothing. But, but surely, surely Europe is good though. Surely yeah, the memories are yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah. And, and we're so lucky that, you know, I mean, I'm so lucky that I can, you know, have those choices and those experiences, which is amazing. But I think I, um, yeah, because la- I, I did have an investment property in Melbourne. I've, re- I've sold it. But I was weighing up between buying an apartment or buying a unit. Mm. and went for the apartment because the apartment was cooler and it was more modern and it had a car park that was cool and versus a unit. And I look back on that, I'm like, land appreciates, yeah. buildings depreciate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, anyway, it was, um, 
everything is a learning curve and that's how you know you refine and improve i guess yeah, yeah. it's a it's a funny thing isn't it because like you know i obviously get to speak to a lot of um a lot of property investors like you do as well but like one of the one of the kind of concerns that people often have is Oh, you know, surely property prices can't keep going up, or you know, like what you know, they have uncertainty about the future. Mm-hmm. Basically, is 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 the point. Yeah. Uh, but then it's kind of like if you could go back to nineteen ninety, <laughs> how many how many properties would you buy? Yeah. Like, like the the answer universally is all of them. It's like you just buy all of them. You like you do whatever yeah. you can just buy them all, right? So, yeah, it's a it's a it's a I kind was, of fun. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was having this conversation with my mum and her best friend a few months ago. Uh, I don't. I was in Melbourne for something, and um, I was. They were telling me how they were bought. You know, they bought their first house for thirty-five grand, thirty-two mm. sold it, bought one around the corner for thirty-eight grand, and I'm thinking, why did you not buy all of them and keep them and then now be a mogul? <laughs> but I, it's just you know, it is that moment in time. I think you know they they also said you know there wasn't any competition, so it wasn't, and you were lucky if you were able to sell your house at that point. So I don't know. It's all relative. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Um, what in the last five years, what habit, belief, or behavior has most improved your life? Uh, so I every single morning, you have to start the day how you want the day to go. Mm. So do something in the start of the day that makes you positive, puts a smile on your face, and it makes you know it'll set the tone. And for me. That is, I mean, I'm pretty simple. I just love taking my dog to the, you know, to the beach, taking for a walk, getting a coffee, sitting in the sun, half an hour max, and then come home. And that is just such a, you have to do something to start your day that has Mm. positivity. You can't just roll out of bed and roll into work. You've got to have a break. You've got to do something. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask if you have any habits or rituals that help you to stay kind of aligned and moving towards your goals and all of that kind of stuff. But mm. is that kind of, is that kind of it there? Go for a walk That's, or something? Do you, do, you have any, yeah. do you do anything else? Do you do any journaling or, you know, do you, have, do you have any other kind of like little tips and tricks that keep you on, on track? Um, not, not particularly. I mean, I love, I mean, I used to love Pilates reformer, but with lockdown, I haven't been able to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, that, that is my ritual. That is, I need, I need that. I need to do that in the morning. And if I don't, I get mm. super cranky at three o'clock. I'll just crash and burn. I'll eat a packet of snakes or something. Mm. Um, it's not good. So, and I know it's not good either. Like I mm. know that I need to do that. So I think having a ritual or having something that's yours that you can do in the morning. I mean, you know, if you're not a morning person, totally get it. But um, yeah, you've got to be able to do something that you enjoy that you can take control of. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Do you read much? I do. I don't read as much as I would like to, mm. um, but I do. Yeah, I do love reading. I'm interested to know um, what's one book, one book that you would that either you've recommended most to people already, because a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, what's the best book?" But I'm interested mm. in like I, I believe that the best books are the ones you recommend the most, most likely. So mm. I'm wondering if you have a book that you've recommended a lot to to other people, or if not. What is one book that is that has most shaped your views and uh, perspective on the world? And it could be it could be a property book, it could be personal development, it could be a biography, it could be whatever. 
Uh, I've got a few. I, I did. I love the book Smashed Avocado. That was great. I think it's because I'm a Melbourne girl and it was quite uh, yeah. resonated with a lot, a lot of what she said. So I definitely recommend that book. And that's a great intro to mm. the understanding the fundamentals. It's a great primer, isn't it? It's, it's a really yeah. great primer. Like if you're, yeah, it's a, it's a good book. If you don't know, if you don't understand property at all and you want to just get read something that gives you that kind of fundamental understanding of all the bits of it, it is a really great book from that perspective, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have recommended it to a few different friends. I've actually posted it to a friend in Melbourne. I actually don't have that back. Um <laughs> I'm not going to get that back. I've already read it, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, no, that, that yeah, really good word, really good primer for, for property investment. Highly recommend that one. But total flip side, um, read a great book at the start of the year, which I actually also posted to a friend's dad in Melbourne. Uh, but it was called Stalin's Cellar, and it was an incredible book about um, – it's about wine, and it's about people that buy cellars and then uh, essentially – put that wine into auction and it was a re- it's a really interesting and it's a sydney based book that the guy who wrote it lives in sydney um and yeah i just that was a really interesting book it's a very worldly book he travels around the world buying all these sellers uh yeah i th- thought it was really interesting something a little bit different so yeah, yeah. Awesome, highly awesome. recommend <laughs> if you like nice. wine highly recommend <laughs> <laughs> if you like wine and reading there's a great yeah. combo right and then so. you can have a bottle of wine while you're reading it's perfect <laughs> yeah nice 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 um what does success look like for you like what are your what are your goals in in the next you know 5 10 25 years what are you what are you aiming for what do you want to be remembered for i just i think just being a good person mm. i think just what does that, being what does that mean to you what does that mean to you to be a good person just just be a nice genuine person don't you know this just oh can i swear on this i don't know <laughs> i swear i swear all the time on this show you can go <laughs> just you know just no bullshit just a nice person just a reliable person someone you go oh i know i know her or i know him oh they're mm. awesome like you know that's because we're not all gonna you know build bridges you know do amazing we're not all gonna do incredible things and that's okay and but I think if you're just a nice, per, a good, genuine person, I think that's, the, you know, that I I would like that if that was, mm. you know, to the towards the end. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. I'm going to circle back on the towards the end piece in a minute, but I'm interested to know um, what advice, insights, or inside knowledge or secret tips you might give to <laughs> to to someone who's thinking about working with Dashdot but might be sitting on the fence. Yeah, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, and I, I, and I just wanted to say, like, it's okay to be nervous. Like, it's, mm. it, you know, and it's, it's a natural feeling to be nervous. Um, and we do get a lot of clients come in, they go, um, you know, oh, I, I want to do something, but I'm just not ready yet. But, mm. you know, when is yet sort of mm. thing. And it's okay to feel nervous and feel a bit uneasy. But I think that when, you know, we operate a little bit differently because, you know, you, we, uh, we're your team, you know, you allocated a team and where, you know, you can lean on us as much as possible. And we're not there when you settle, we're like, okay, see you later. We're there for, forever. I mean, we get comments. Life and, basically, right? Yeah. we. I get messages being like, hey, I've got this invoice about, I've got to update these gutters. What do you think? And I'm like, mm. oh, well, you know, happy to help you out and, you know, have a chat about it. Is it immediate? If we don't need to do it, let's wait for the wet season to be over and do it next year. You know, I think that, we're a little bit different with that. You know, we are your allocated team and we're here to make it um, as streamlined as possible. 
I, so, think yeah. a, I think yeah, I think that's really good insight, Lana, because I think you touched on two really, really interesting things there. Number one, it's okay to be nervous. Like it's mm. totally, it's totally normal. And I think a lot of people kind of sometimes feel like I think there's a maybe an element of shame or or they maybe feel a little bit stupid if they're like, Well, well, why do I feel nervous about yeah. this? Or why is this stressful to me? Is there something wrong with me? Surely everybody else is just, you know, charging forward. But it's like totally normal. Like it's a massive, it's a massive oh. thing that's going on. And so I think that's really, really important. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it, I think that, and if people go, look, I'm a little bit nervous. I really don't know what I'm doing. That's totally okay. It's, yeah. you know, it's, and we're here for you and we're your team. And, and that, yeah. that's what I really love about Dashot. I think that it's the, just the point of difference there. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was also like from an inside knowledge perspective, like from an in, a view from the inside perspective, that's something that probably we don't really necessarily talk about, but it's one of the secret hidden benefits that all of our, all of our clients get is that ongoing, it's the mm. ongoing team. It's the, I mean, I get, I get, you know, I get text calls and emails and stuff from, from clients all the time. Sometimes that haven't bought a property with us for two years uh, that still we're checking in and like they're calling and just uh, giving updates, yeah. asking for advice, stuff like that. I mean, got one this morning from a client who's like, Hey, I, you know, what about this? And, and, but having that ongoing team rather than just like, here's a property catch you later and knowing yeah. that you've got someone around, I think that's, that does a lot for for confidence because one of the, I think one of the biggest problems with property investors is that they don't, it's, it can be a lonely sport. Like a lot of people say business is a lonely sport, but property investing mm. is a lonely sport as well. Like there's not that many people you can talk to about it um, mm. and not that many people you can feel like you have on your side. So yeah, no, that's cool. It's good. So, okay. I want to like fast forward a little bit then. I want to go off into the distance into the future. And this is, I want you to think really hard about this one. This is going to be deep. I want, I want to, <laughs> I want to really get down into the bones of it. Right. So imagine it's your last day on earth, way, way off in the future, right? You've, you've grown old and uh, you've achieved everything you've ever dreamed of, everything that you've wanted to achieve in life, you have done it. So whether that be achieving whatever wealth or building a family, whatever it might be for you, you've achieved all of it, bar none. You've achieved everything that you want in life. But for whatever reason, for some reason, you are unable to take any of it you, every, when you die everything's going to mm. disappear it's all going to be just absolutely wiped from the face of the earth like you were never there right you don't so take it with you <laughs> totally totally but it's not you're not even going to be able to leave it behind for anybody else right so you've achieved everything oh, you want oh, so this yeah ooh, so in this I don't like that. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's this is the this is the thinking paradigm right so you've over your life so you're off in the distance in the future you're 80 90 however old you want to be right You've achieved in your life everything that you wanted to achieve, but on the day that you die, it's all going to disappear. That's it. It won't exist anymore. The only thing that you can leave behind is three truths, right? Three simple truths that you would be able to pass on that would live into that would last into posterity, uh, last forever, and everything else would be gone. What three simple truths would you leave behind for the world? Oh, I don't like that because that's the whole point in building wealth. <laughs> that's like, why bother? Um, gosh, okay, three truths. I can't leave anything. So I can't even, oh, can't even leave it to like the RSPCA. There's no one can't give it. No, to no, anyone. no. The only, the only thing you can leave behind is these three truths. Oh God. Um, I think. 
work hard. I think that would, would be one. Work, work hard. Um, be, you know, live within your means as well. I think that also definitely, definitely helps. Um, and that, that, you know, that helps you get ahead and that ties into a lot of things. But um, oh, the third one, oh, can I say be, just be a good person? I don't know. You said it. You want this is you're on you're on your deathbed. You take, yeah, you, you you tell yeah, us whatever true. you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think they'd be my three. That's a That's tricky fine. one, actually. It is a tricky one, isn't it? Because it yeah. really challenges you. Like, what? Hang on a second. No. Yeah, it's like what's the what? There's no monetary <laughs> handover or anything, and it's just yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> totally, totally. No, good stuff, good stuff. Well, Lana, it's been awesome to um, it's been awesome to chat, and it's been awesome to kind of dig in and and to get a few uh, perspectives and insights for for you. Uh, is there any is there anything else that you want to say or leave on the podcast before we wrap it up? No, not really. I mean, I think that you know we we work with awesome people, um, and yeah, we're we're going to continue to do so. So I think that's you know it's it's an incredible experience to be not only working in this you know to have this job and being able to work and see people achieve their goals um but i mean i see such awesome properties come across my desk and i just get such a thrill when we i can secure those properties for clients and that that mm. just makes it you know so much better which is awesome awesome nice yeah. well Lana, thanks. Thanks for everything you do. Thanks for the contribution you make, not only to our business, but also to the lives of our clients and the and the team, the, the team that work with you as well. It's a real joy uh, to have you on this journey, to be on this journey with you. And thanks for taking the time to be on the show. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks, guys.